Hi, this is Rabbi Ira Eben from Congregation of Shalom, a modern Orthodox synagogue in Merrick, Long Island. And I'm here with my colleague and friend, Rabbi Howard Goldsmith of Congregation Emmanuel of Westchester. And this is Heathens and Fanatics. Yeah, that's it. Oh, <laughs> Heathens and Fanatics, formerly Sacred Text Left to Right. And we are back and better than ever. And we're going to be talking about a great topic today, specifically our, 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 how, how we run our Seder. And so, Howie, why don't we turn it over to you? Great. Thank you, Ira. Um, so a number of years ago, we used to go to my Orthodox cousin's house for Seder, second night Seder. And um, not only did it start really, really late at night, uh, but then my wife and I, who at the time were rabbinic students, were former rabbinic students, turned to each other and said, sitting there for hours reading in Aramaic gets to show off our ability to decode this ancient language. Um, but is not as meaningful as we feel like we can make it. We want to really dig into the story, recreate the story, get to what we consider to be the Ikar of the Seder, which is um, reliving the Exodus from Egypt and, um, and wrestling with its meaning in meaningful ways. And we didn't find that the traditional text of the Haggadah was doing that for us. Uh, and so we started creating what I would call creative Seders, creative Haggadot, um, which looked at the essence of each of the 15 steps and, and made sure we did all 15 steps in some way or another, um, but then tried to explore them through contemporary angles um, using different themes. And when we first maybe, started doing maybe, this- maybe, maybe you can give us an example of that. Yeah, absolutely. So when we first started doing this, we did this um, with adults around the table. None of us had kids yet. And so um, we wanted to really explore the story of the Exodus. So one time we had everybody um, take a famous song and they had to write Passover lyrics to the famous song. Or we had a debate about immigration and refugees because we were refugees. Um, so that was a little bit more serious of a topic. Um, once our kids arrived, we really shifted it and made it focused on the children with the notion being that there are elements of the traditional Haggadah that are meant to engage children, starting with the four questions. Um, but we didn't feel like it was engaging and so we wanted to really engage our kids. So a couple of years ago, I did a Harry Potter themed Haggadah because our kids were really into Harry Potter. So along, for instance, with the blessing for lighting the candles, we also all had wands and we waved them and said Lumos, which is the spell in Harry Potter for making things light up. Um, this past year, I did a Hamilton Haggadah. And instead of the Battle of Yorktown from Hamilton, we all went outside halfway through the Seder and recreated the Battle of Ramses. And I had a basically a, uh, an obstacle course set up in the backyard that mirrored different parts of the Exodus story as a way to teach the children um, and the adults who were there about the different aspects of the Exodus story. So I, I guess the question is, is how we, again, this is, I commend you on your creativity. Uh, what, is, what is your objective? My objective is to do all, the essence of all 15 steps of the Seder in a way that is accessible, um, interesting, and educational for everybody who's involved. Okay. So I, I have to think that's amazing. First of all, you're amazingly creative and that's fantastic. Um, it'll probably be a lot of fun to be at your Seder. And I don't disagree. I mean, the primary objective, especially uh, is especially with children, uh, the primary objective is that we got it to the Vincha. I have to, I have to tell over the story of the Exodus to my children and it should be done. Educate a child according to their ways. So we have the, the purpose of the four children uh, that are in the in the Haggadah is there to say that you can't tell the story one way, and so you have to be able to tell the story to the 
the wise, the wicked, my brother always played the role of the wicked, uh, the, uh, <laughs> and, and et cetera. And each one has, you have to make it accessible. So I, I think what you're doing is, is, is commendable. We agree, believe it or not, um, and, and fantastic. The question is, is that at what point does it shift to more than just telling the story, but also the ultimate theme, right? So where uh, the theme of the evening, which is, in my understanding, the opportunity to praise and thank God for all the gifts that he's given, both past, present, and future. You know, the theme of Dayenu is, is that, you know, we, we wouldn't, it, it would have been enough. We're so thankful for every, everything that he's given us from, from, every, uh, from, from the Exodus back then and even, uh, and, uh, and even with the challenges that we face, how thankful and appreciative we are that all the gifts come, that the, it all comes from the hand of God and that the, the Egyptians know, uh, can't rule over us and is God who has given us all these freedoms and liberties and opportunities. And in particular, that this was written on and composed over the time, over the 2,000 years of the diaspora, where things weren't always so great. And often they were in a basement somewhere, hiding and, and with fears of, of, of pogroms and, and blood libels, etc. And that even still they were able to feel that sense of God's hovering over them and God's protection, just like on the night of the original Passover. So the question is, is that at what point do you become, when you, when you get so creative, and with all the different Haggadot that are out there, you know, and where you've, everything's so creative and fun and engaging, etc. So want to make sure that the kids and even the people around us, the other participants, don't lose the actual theme of the night. Right. Um, so I try to work that theme into the various things that I, that I do, the various creative elements of what we're doing. Um, I always point out that while... Um, while the Haggadot that I create usually um, are pretty explicit about talking about Moses, I point out that in the traditional Haggadah, Moses is not in there because we don't attribute our freedom to a human, but to God. Um, the other thing that I do is I reinforce over and over again that we are doing all 15 steps of the Seder, granted in an abbreviated way, but I want everybody to keep, to keep the awareness of the tradition um, in their minds, and that even though we're doing this in an age-appropriate way, or a way, I should say, that's accessible to the different ages um, and levels of Jewish literacy that are around my Passover table, um, that there are 15 steps to this thing. And in point of fact, I consider one of my greatest accomplishments with these creative Haggadot is the fact that we do the steps after the meal. And that may seem obvious in, a, in an Orthodox context, but in a Reform context, nobody does the steps after the meal. And, and if they do, it's like the cranky uncle and, and, and his two children that are forced to sit there and read through the rest of the, Haggad, of the Haggadah. We, we, but call I, the cranky, we call the cranky uncle the bitter herb, by the way. That's bitter, bitter herb. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but I've gotten that down, the essence of those steps, down to about two minutes. And because I've done that, everybody comes back to the table. Um, now, there's elements of those steps that I wish I could do more of, but I also know my audience. And they wouldn't be there for Hallel if we did all of Hallel. Um, right. But by making it very short, I get that notion of praise of God. Um, and, I, and I'm able to make that point. Um, plus, they get to drink two, two cups of wine in two minutes. And who doesn't right. do that? And it's like a shot glass. Um, so it happens to be the, the evolution of my sitter. And, and the truth is, is that although perhaps it's different, it's really philosophically, it's not that much different. Which is not surprising given our uh, track record. Right, there you go. <laughs> the, the evolution of our, my sitter growing up 
would be that we would take out the Haggadah, we would read it in its original, we'd go around, you know, my father would read it, eventually maybe we'd go around the table and try to, you know, break our teeth on the Hebrew. Um, and then what I recognized is that my guests, my cousins or others who came to join, didn't know what we were talking about. And so therefore, you know, so first thing we did is I made everybody read it in the English and we were introduced to the Maxwell House Rabbi Jose, the South American. Rabbi Rabbi. Jose, always the funniest. Jose, uh, yeah, or or all of these other things, and we were reading English, and then I recognized that similar to what you're saying is that the Haggadah, the truth is the Haggadah, I don't believe was actually intended for. It was a, a starter. It was something to help us and guide us into the 15 steps of the Seder, and that's important, but also get into the theme of the night. And so I pick and choose. And there are parts that I know I need to have. Rabbi Gamliel's three, Pesach, Matzah, and Mara, and the explanation of that, the Hallel, and we, we do everything. But there are points, especially the Magid section, where we're telling over the story in a very, um, we're not using the text of the Haggadah, um, or we're highlighting certain parts of the text because of the fact that we have to make it accessible. And, and, but, and more than any other holiday, that if you don't if you don't have it, if people don't understand what's going on and they're just there and for the show, then they haven't fulfilled their obligation of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim of telling over the story of the Exodus and experiencing that as if they were there. So uh, even you know, while normally I would I would consider you a heathen for doing all the things that you do, um, <laughs> you would consider me a fanatic on the other side. I think you know to to a great extent we do agree with each other um, that this is one holiday that needs to be. I'm going to use the term, the Haggadah at least, needs to be watered down in order to make it more accessible to the, to the masses. And, I, and, you know, I have to say, I think that by changing the Haggadah, or watering it down, as you're saying, um, I think that we actually get back to a lot of the original intent. So, for instance, the section, the, the, plague, the plague arithmetic that they do, right? There was 10 plagues, but with the outstretched arms, so there was really right. 20 plagues, or there was 400 plagues, and then... Like that, it's mind number. But I think that the original intent of it was to get people excited and engaged in the idea of God's deliverance of the Israelites and how great and powerful that deliverance was. I don't think that that, that, that arithmetic speaks to many people around the table, but if we can get them excited in the original way that the intention was there, I, I think we're, we're hewing more closely to the original intent. It's funny because I, I saw brought down the reason why they do all this math. There are two reasons. One is to show the greatness of God. You think God, he did 50 plagues? No, he did 200, he did 250 or ever. But, and the other is, is that people get excited with math games, right? They vote that they find it interesting and, and numerical values and things like that. So that was the old math, but with the core curriculum, I don't think it's... Ah. <laughs> and so there was their intent to get people excited of, oh, and you have what uh, gematria is numerical value. All that's great. Maybe a thousand, two thousand years ago, you were into it, maybe in the 1940s. But in 2019, you start using numbers and people shut down, right? So, so uh, you need to, for some, that'd be great. But for others, let them do the math and they'll figure it out with the, and carry, carry all the numbers out. But for others, we have to find other ways of finding it interesting and engaging. And I think you do a great job. I think you great, do a great job. And uh, hopefully, you know, I, we'll, we'll can't wait to find out of your theme this year. No pressure. Yes. I'm not not quite ready to reveal yet, but uh, I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking you should you should dress up as the whole Chagaja. That's uh, <laughs> all all in one animal. I love it. All in one animal. All right. Okay. Well, you have a decent pace off. 
You too as well, uh, Howie. Well, maybe we'll find time to talk next week and we'll get into some some intricacies of the Haggadah. I'd love it. Okay, Okay. take care. Thanks.